Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is your boy, Cole, of the Steel Guitar Podcast. Hope you guys are having a wonderful, fantastic, fabulous day at wherever you're at, work, home, driving, on the road, doing whatever. Alright, guys, this is one thing I can ask of you. Hang on with me with this one. This one's going to be kind of a wild one. And not wild in the sense of, like... Crazy, it's just out there. And it's going to be a long one, I feel like. So, the discography deep dive. And this one is an interesting one because his songs, discography, don't have a lot to do with huge theme, right? He doesn't have huge themes in his music. Johnny Horton, man. Yes, you heard me right. Johnny Horton. First of all, Johnny Horton was born in 1925 in Los Angeles, California. So Josh, shout out to my boy Josh in California, another guy that is from your state of California. His family often traveled back and forth to eastern Texas and SoCal, so where Josh is located, as migrant farm workers. So essentially a migrant farm worker is they go around and they travel and they farm, big farms, help out farming, and it's just that, very basic. So he grew up rural, 100%. He lived in the country. He actually attended Lon Morris Junior College on a basketball scholarship, right? Followed by Seattle University and Baylor University, yet he did not graduate from either one. He returned to Cali to study geology while he worked in a mailroom. In this mailroom that he actually met his first wife. Not long after... He started working at the mailroom and studying geology. He left to find gold in Alaska. That is where his country music writing began. Began in the sense of his experiences in life. Him going to Alaska. He entered into a talent show while returning to Texas from Alaska. He won the talent show, which made him want to chase music. Because he's like, yo, I'm good at this. I can make people feel. So, boom, there he goes, right? So, a little interesting fact about Johnny Horton. This was after his first marriage crumpled up once he returned from Alaska. He actually married Hank Williams Sr.'s widow in the same year that Hank Williams passed away. In 1953, Billie Jean Jones, which was his second wife at the time. It's very tragic for Billie Jean Jones. And you'll understand why here in a minute. After great success with story-based songs such as The Battle of New Orleans, Sink the Bismarck, and North to Alaska to pair with the John Wayne movies in 1960, Horton sadly passed away in 1960 in a car crash. In Texas, with his bandmates Tommy Tomlinson and Tillman Franks actually uh, lost their arm. Had to have it amputated for them to survive. Horton was not that lucky. He didn't even make it to the hospital. He died in transit to the hospital. So his song writing, his song singing was fairly short. At his funeral, Johnny Cash read John 20 for his buddy, Mr. Horton. And Cash has been reported to say that he was great friends and he actually locked himself into a bar room in his hotel and cried his eyes out when he learned that Johnny Horton passed away. And Billie Jean Jones, and within eight years, have had 
10 years if you really think about it in times and have lost two lovers. The freaky part about the whole ordeal though, Horton claimed to be a self-proclaimed psychic. And anybody that knows me is I don't really believe in paranormal stuff. It's not necessarily that I'm saying I don't believe in it. It's just I've never had a instance where I've seen it and experienced it myself. So therefore, I'm not going to say, yes, I think paranormal activity is there or it's not. This is freaky, though. Horton was obsessed with his death in his later years, and he proclaimed he would die to a drunk man. That driver that infamous night was charged with a DWI. He was intoxicated. Talk about chills. There's a huge misconception that I would love and have to get out of the way first, right? This is one thing that I will say that aggravates the snot out of me. Is people that claim that Johnny Horton is a racist. And many people just claim it for the fact that he shares the same first name with Johnny Rebel, who, if you've ever heard Johnny Rebel, don't. First of all, do not. They're not the same person. Johnny Horton passed away before Johnny Rebel even released music. There are pictures of Johnny Rebels out there. He looks nothing like Johnny Horton. Do not confuse the two. This claim has been disclaimed time and time over again, but yet people still believe that he is racist. And one thing that I will say is I had a teacher back in college that told me that he was and but he mistaked the two and we actually me and my friend Cameron who says he's going to listen to the podcast eventually but you know he's a busy bee he's over there doing nuclear engineering he's blowing stuff up we were in that class together I will say that Horton to me shouldn't be tarnished as Horton as we learn through his music and as you listen to it he is the most down-the-line person he sings songs about the mountain men the Native Americans. He sings songs about the Union. He talks about the British versus the Americans. He's talked about the Confederacy. He's from California. So his his say in North versus South. So we're going to dive into the discography itself, right? And this is going to be fairly quick. This is going to be a lot quicker than what I usually have done. And then after the fact, I will sit here and talk to you why I chose him as an artist and then we'll conclude. So he's released a fair amount of songs, but a lot of the stuff is not on Spotify. It's not on, you know, home. You actually have to have the physical albums, which I have one or two that my grandpa gave to me for his vinyl collection. 1958, The Spectacular Johnny Horton. The Battle of New Orleans. This is probably the absolute classic ballad about the Battle of New Orleans. The soul in Horton's voice is absolutely iconic. If you've ever listened to Horton, he has a certain way of shrilling his voice, which you would say that most people would be like, ew, but like the way that he does it is like pure art. And there's one thing that Johnny does so well is his imagery. He can paint you into that song by the words that he sings. Whispering Pines, a heartbreak song about the lady of your life leaving you, and you are essentially talking to nature. Now, you can view nature as A, God, whatever God you believe in, or B, just nature. That some people say nature is God. And it seems like that nature is talking back to you as the pines are whispering from the wind. Again, the imagery in these songs is just 
amazing flooring. The first train heading south, so that's getting a message from a loved one saying how they miss you, and then you're talking about essentially you wanting to move the freaking mountains to get there. You may not be in the mountains, you might be in the beach, but like, for instance, like he talks about being in a snowstorm, it's about getting a shovel and like digging that snow out, brother, so he can get out. Lost Highway, this is a Hank Williams song, but he does such a great cover of it. It's almost gospel-like. Very slow, smooth, and showing the soul in the voice. Talking about being lost in the world through their sinful nature. And people judging you for it. Essentially a ballad about preventing others to be on that path. Joe's been a-getting there. A love triangle set in the Civil War. It's a little fun love song. Fun for one. Fun for two. Not fun for all. You got the love, the heartbreak, and the southern roots all in the same story. Essentially, Civil War. I will say in the South, regardless of your viewpoint of where, what you believe in, <laughs> there's a lot of deferring viewpoints down here. I can tell you that for a fact. Um, it's part of Southern Roots, 100%. Like You can't talk about the South and not talk about the Civil War for the bad, you know, or the good. And that's one thing about the song is it encompasses all three. Sam McGee. A song about the man who went search went to search for gold, like Mr. Johnny Horton, but in the Arctic, and he passed away. And it's written from how he loves the Arctic as the South because it's out there and wild. And when he passes away, he compares the heaven to the South. So this is before Hank Williams Jr. saying heaven ain't a lot like Dixie. It's a little bit like a precursor to that. This is probably my favorite when it's springtime in Alaska, it's 40 below. It's about a rambler who comes across a singer who just mesmerizes him. And he decides that he wants to dance for her and sing with her. However, she was about to be married. And the guy was in the bar, and the man's name was called Big Ed. And you don't mess with Big Ed. So he killed the rambler. I believe with a knife. And this was one of my favorite transitions lyrically, because as the song is going, it says... When it's springtime in Alaska, it'll be 40 below. But the last line is, when it's springtime in Alaska, I'll be six feet below. I was like, whew, it's deep. That deep song to Cherokee Boogie, a native who sings along to country music. So this Native American will sing along to country music, but only sing it in his native language. It's a real catchy tune, a little, little fun tune. All for the love of a girl. Talk about a heartbreak song. His girl left him, and he would lay down his life, as he says, just for this particular one. He would go out and do whatever he has to do to love this one again. The Golden Rocket. This is a very snazzy road tune. Would recommend it as a truck driver song for sure. You're running away from the blues in your life. You're just going down the highway. You're not thinking about what's going on. You're running away from your problems, which is not not necessarily a, a good viewpoint on life, but... It's a way that some people deal with stuff. Mr. Moonlight. This is a love story following a groovy rock and roll. And the thing about Johnny Horton is he has country music, but he also has that rock and roll feeling to it. Kind of like the Elvis Presley feel to it. And this is honestly just to be relaxing with your woman out there in the nature. When you got that turmoil, go to nature. And again, the nature could be viewed as, you know, God. Or just enjoying it. And talking about how you can just be underneath the moonlight and just forget about everything. Got the bulls by the horn. 
about a man who used to love all the women in his life. He's a rambling man, and now he's ready to settle down with that perfect one, and he is chasing it like a bull. He's holding it by the horn. Counterfeit love. A person that cheats on you. Your Their love is fake, and you're just not feeling loved. All grown up. This is an interesting one. Talking about the growing up your wife or your loved one, or essentially the one that you're dating. Some people want to paint this song as incest. I guess one of the essential Johnny Horton haters, right? The word daddy is used in the 1950s as a reference to a cool boyfriend. And then there's a re-release of the Battle of New Orleans on this album, which is an edited version, which has more instrumental in it. Alright, 1960. This is a single on the Ed Sullivan show called Sink the Bismarck. This is my grandpa's favorite to go down the road and listen to Johnny Horton, and we would sing the song together. I remember riding in that minivan singing with him. That burgundy minivan, tuning along with my grandpa, not caring about anything in the world. It's such a catchy story. The drums and the instrumentals really shine on this version of Sink to Bismarck. 1960, this is the year that Johnny Horton passed away. Johnny Horton makes history. Freedomland, the absolute iconic evaluation of America, summed up in this song using a hypothetical Johnny Freedom. So we're talking about not necessarily the soldiers who fight for our freedom, but Johnny Freedom is patriotism, right? So the soldiers fight with Johnny Freedom in the Civil War. They fight with him in the Revolutionary War. They fight with him today. Patriotism is another way of saying Johnny Freedom, and Johnny Freedom is another way to replace patriotism. Jim Bridger, this is talking about keeping mountain people alive in the history of America. Again, American Remains, I feel like Johnny Horton does such a great job in every single song that he sings. Bridger was an army scout. He was also a trapper and an overall mountain man who had a lot of influence in the colonial days. I could tell you the stories of the songs, but I would rather you guys listen to these songs and draw your own interpretations. But there's a one particular general that probably should have lived to Jim Bridger. A Manchi, a story about the Grand War Horse who died in 1891, who survived the fight at the Little Bighorn. Of course, Little Bighorn being one of the most tragic fights in American history. He's the only one that survived. Horse had a full funeral when it died in 1891, and that shows how beloved the horse was. Shu Show Thompson. This man literally climbed the mountains in the snow to deliver people's mail. And, of course, mail was a lot more important at that time than it is today. But it's just one of those things where I'm sitting there like, dang, this man really had to go out there and deliver mail in the freezing cold. What a man. Mr. Thompson. The Battle of Bull Run talks about that epic battle. And from the Union's perspective, that's what I respect about Horton as he writes from all sides and aspects of life. The sinking of the Reuben James. There's a lot of soul and shrilling in this song, but one thing that I will say that he does such a great job is asking what were their names that died on that tragic event. There's a lot of times in America where we're like, in the news today, we'll sit there and be like, oh, there was a tragic accident where 250 people passed away in a bombing. But we never go through and be like, this person passed away, this person passed away, this person passed away. No, it's just that. It's just we're desensitized to violence. So we 
It's just like, oh, tragic event, tragic event, tragic event. Just keep throwing it all on top of each other. Like the submarine, right? We know the, the British person that was in the submarine. But when it comes down to, like, the other people, we haven't heard a lot of uh, testimonial about that. So, young Abe Lincoln makes a tall, tall man. So, this is a story about Lincoln in his youth and as he grows up. And not being just tall in stature, but tall in regards to the person. Um, there's there's not many people that are more prestigious than Abraham Lincoln. Of course, he's probably romanticized a little bit in singing and stories of history. But from all tales that he is one of the best men that ever walked this planet mortally. So, O'Leary's Cow. This is about the cow that started the blaze back in 1871 in Chicago. Little fun little song. Not necessarily about the event, but just lyrically. John Paul Jones. This is a song about the first naval commander ever. Just talks about his uh, life and how he essentially got into being the naval commander. Johnny Reb. This is another court classic. This is the Rebels of the Civil War. How it humanizes them and how Lincoln actually felt about them and their loss because he didn't view them as, you know, just the enemy. He viewed them as what they were, fellow Americans. So, he played Dixie throughout the streets and that's been backtracked in history. I remember taking my uh, Civil War class and my instructor telling me about that. I'm like, you know what, that is pretty stand up because at, at, at the end of everything, they were Americans. No matter what you believe, they were born here, they fought here, they died here. So, Horton's Grace Hits in 1961. So this is after he passed away. So there's a whole bunch of like just re-releasing songs and songs that haven't been released and like I said, the discography is kind of chalked up at this time. The two songs that are on this that haven't been already talked about are North to Alaska and the Mansion I Own. So, North to Alaska, this is literally one of the most popular songs ever by Johnny Horton. And it mirrors the movie of the same name. But not only does it mirror that, it also mirrors Johnny Horton's trip to Alaska. He actually lived it. So, I feel like that's why he was able to uh, encompass it so well. The Mansion I Own. This is losing everything you have to the girl that you loved before. Not only just the physical mansion, but also the mansion of the relationship. So... 1963 Dunroven album. Dunroven is also the first track, which is, he's just saying, hey man, he's done rambling, and he's found the gold in his life, encompassing back to his trip to Alaska, which is his woman's love. It's a long, rocky road. I love the fiddle in this song, and this is when the one who loved you, that has done you wrong, and you're trying to figure out why they did you wrong, man. Smokey Joe's Barbecue. This is like a fun song about a barbecue joint where all the fun happens. This is being correlated to like your, your bar room that you go to. That you hang out with friends or your local spot. And the piano solo. Whew, it's really good. Mean, Mean Son of a Gun. A song just about that man, a rebel. Catchy tune. And it's got a lot of grit to it. It's got that shrilly voice. It makes Johnny Horton who he is. Devilish Love Light. This is just a love-making song, man. And it's a very upbeat tune. I like the strumming between the reframes a lot. So, Coal Smoke, Valve Oil, and Steel. So this is about a retired rail worker who used to just absolutely adore the trains, and he's missing it. He's retired, and he really misses his work. Words. This is a good song right here. Words are just that. Words. If they don't have that feeling in them, they can cause the opposite feeling. So, you tell someone that I love you, but you truly don't love them, 
it can honestly have that opposing feel of like they don't love me at all. You could also say this about country music. It could have that correlation to country music, right? Empty words mean nothing in a song, therefore the song has no meaning. Shadows of the Bayou. He's in the Bayou and he misses his girl and he's trying to make it to her through the Bayou, fighting the alligators and stuff. Little fun little love song. Banks on the Nile. This is set up in Egypt. Nobility, of course, versus like rule. This is the princess who the guy in the story is a shepherd. They're pretty much cursed to not be in love. Star-crossed lovers, I guess, if you really think about it. And they're trying to make it work. And it's a little fun little song. My home in Shelby County. This is just talking about like, hey, I can't wait to be home in Shelby County to go to the woman that I love. So just about there being on the road. So, for instance, this could be a song that he wrote in Alaska. Ooh. <laughs> I pushed the chair all the way down. Ugh. Oh no, I can't get it up. Alright. Barefoot Boy Blues. This is about growing up being barefoot. So, essentially poor. Or it could also be just being Southern. Because Southern, you know, roots of being barefoot. Old Gobbler. This is a hunting song about just, you know, hunting. But my lord at the imagery within the rhythm of the song. Whew. There's a lot here. It's a lot of stuff that you could uh, honestly sit here and be like, okay, I can I can vibe with this. Old Barnabas. It's a nazi tune about Barnabas in the Bible. He's been putting all this effort in living. He's getting tired of being used for his love. I just don't like his kind of living. So he is tired of being mature while the lady he loved isn't. Broken Heart Gypsy, a story based around a female gypsy that absolutely stunned this particular songwriter and made him go absolutely wild. Hank, Joe, and Me, an absolute sad story about the passing of three men who fought for riches. So this is another essential chasing of gold or whatever. Church by the Side of the Road, self-explanatory. So we all know that sometimes... Our most spiritual moments don't happen at church. They happen in the wildest, craziest places. Sleeping at the foot of the bed when you give all you can for your family. You don't give up. You keep going. You don't move me, baby, anymore. That woman has changed and moved up on you, but you've changed your opinion on them as well. Evil hearted me. Talking about that evil guy. Talking about being the bad boy in relationships. Being a bad man. Hot in the sugarcane fields, blues about farming, love, and heartbreak. So, three pillars, and also on top of that, has that uh, correlation with him being the migrant worker, right? So, the gosh darn will, fighting the progression of life, talking about seeing a car for the first time. So, the will being, of course, you know, without the will, you couldn't make the car. So, i actually seen a funny... Do you guys know about the uh, AI... Uh, voice present things on YouTube. There's like a whole bunch of ones where they like type in essentially the uh, talking point and they will read it as either Joe Biden's voice, Barack Obama's voice, or Donald Trump's voice. And they were arguing this morning. I actually was there uh, listening to this one. It got me pretty chuckled is they were talking about innovations and Donald's was the internet. Barack Obama's was the wheel. Of course, Joe Biden's was like, uh, let's see, what, what was Joe Biden's? Uh, shampoo, shampoo. And uh, when he said the wheel, this is the song that I thought of. I was like, ah, this is a little talking point for that. Original Outlaws in 83 is the next album, and there's a lot of static. This is like old school recording, and I'll try to go through these pretty quick. 
The first train heading south, older school sounding track, so pretty cool. Down that river road, talking about home, what's comfortable for us, going down that river in life to get to where we want to be. Sweet Rita, this is a really upbeat. This is again a transition of being in the bayou trying to make it to the lake you love. Somebody else, somebody got to his lady first before he could make his move, man, before he could steal her heart, and now his heart is stolen by her. This song right here, though, if there's one Johnny Horton song that you listen to that you've never heard of, this is it. If it wasn't for the kids, a fight breaks out between a husband and a wife. Heartbreaking because it's written from the kid's perspective overhearing it. The kid, which is a daughter, thinks that she's the problem since it was stated that she was an accident. She kept apologizing for what she thought to be the problem, which was her. Talk about, you know, a song where if you are having a hard time in your marriage or your dating life and you have a kid, imagine them being in that situation, sitting there and having that argument and then having the kid hear the argument and thinking that, yes, they are the problem. Gut-wrenching. I'd recommend that one song for sure. I, I recommend a lot of these songs, but that one is one that stood out. I'm thinking of you, thinking of me. So, a cheating song. This guy is feeling guilty because of causing this woman to cheat on her lover. And he doesn't want her to leave, but yet, as they are cheating, he can tell that she is thinking about cheating on him with her. So, pretty deep. Heart full of love. Your heart is about to explode for this particular individual. This is just a fun little love song. If you got someone in your life, this would be a really good song to just play for them whenever you're having a like a moment where you're just like, I really love you right now. You know, insert Marvin Gaye. Um, if you got problems about being at a place where you need to be, this is not running away from your problems, nicking them out of the way. Really important song. California dreams. This is a rambling man song he's wanting to make it to LA but he's trying to get by at this particular moment so he's just trying to get back to California why my heart is breaking this is pretty self-explanatory old school beat about his heart just absolutely being torn freaking apart again Horton stuff is just that it's pretty baseline American Originals this will be the last album that I cover I'm coming home. This man has been out of town for whatever reason, but he's ready to come home, and he's essentially making that metaphorical note or call to his lady saying, I'm coming home, baby, get ready. Sleepy Eye John, a fun little tune about a character deemed Sleepy Eye John. So, you could also view this as Johnny Horton. So, I'm a one-woman man, just that, an absolute classic. A one-woman man. I don't know, Horton's version of this, it holds its own place in my heart because it's the shrill, man. I don't know what it is. That shrill just really livens it up. I got a hole in my prog. So a fun little story about being stuck in his boat, little kayak or canoe, and he can't make it home to his baby because he's got this hole in his canoe, so he's just sitting out there in nature just thinking about the loved one. And that is not the end of Johnny Horton's complete discography, but that is what is available through Spotify and a few YouTube searches. So you may be asking, Cole, yes, Johnny Horton's an interesting choice, but why did you choose him? So there's a couple points that I like to say. And first of all, I've always talked about my grandpa. Man. Yeah, my grandpa has always been close to my life. Still continues to be. Of course, he's not in this world anymore. But 
one thing that I always will say about my grandpa is he was an absolute huge Johnny Horton fan. And he would always talk to me about, you know, if Johnny Horton would have passed away as early as he did, there's no telling how famous he would be. And honestly, I can see that through the aspects of his music that I've listened to is Johnny Horton is amazing when it comes to just his songwriting, his shrilling, his emotion controlled in the songs. You can actually show that he cares when he sings about particular periods of time. He does a great job, this is another point, of captioning Americana, America, in different times in America. It's not necessarily just, you know, the good times, the bad times. He can talk about, he can tell stories through his music. And that's one thing that I really do love about Johnny Horton. I think he does one of the most amazing jobs of it is doing just that. Painting pictures where we can actually see what he's talking about through his lyrical aspects. And that's one thing that if you are writing short stories or if you're writing a novel or a book, teach is you got to paint your reader into that story. You got to essentially brush where they're at with words and not without and not with physical features. You can describe the physical features, but you can't show them to them. You know, unless it's a comic book or something. So Horton does such an amazing job with that in such a short bit. A couple of lines. And he paints you right there. Where you can close your eyes and be like I view myself in Alaska, the northern lights are shining, the pines are whistling behind me, I can hear the mother nature. He does such a great job with that. And one thing that I will always say is I always try to talk about the ones that aren't necessarily all that huge. Like Josh Turner, very huge artist, right? I would, I would view Josh Turner as, you know, pretty big artist, prominent. Casper McQuaid, I would say that he is not as prominent as Casper McQuaid is not prominent as Josh Turner, but I would say that he's more probably known about. But when it comes to Johnny Horton, he's one of the guys that gets lost in the shuffle. When we're talking about country music, we talk about Hank Williams Sr. We talk about Billy Nelson. We talk about Johnny Cash. We talk Johnny Paycheck, David Elko, uh, George Strait. Garth Brooks, Kenny Chesney, Alan Jackson. But there's names that are lost. And those names shouldn't be lost. Just as he sings about, what were their names? And Johnny Horton's one of those names that does not need to be lost. He needs to be talked about. And one thing is, I think that he gets essentially a bad rep for why they consider him racist. You know, think that he is Johnny Rebel which has been proven that he is not. And on top of that, while somebody like, I would say David Allen Coe, has put some pretty sketchy stuff in his songs. Pretty sketchy. But yet he's still popularized. And I'm not saying David Allen Coe is a terrible person, da 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 Well, not. I, I hope to actually go through a disarmed deep dive with David Allen Coe. But, he said some stuff that's not necessarily grade A good stuff. But he's part of country music history and American history. And so is Johnny Horton. 
And he does a great job of not just talking about himself, love, and stuff, but really, really talking about that third pillar, man. That third pillar that I've preached on so much. This is going to be the conclusion of this episode. I appreciate everybody listening to of the Steel Guitar Podcast with your boy Cole. As always, I, I kind of get tired of saying this because I feel like I'm needy. I feel like I'm a needy boy. But if you don't mind, always reach out to me. Let me know how I'm doing. I have a lot of friends that actually text me and let me know how they feel about the episodes. And everybody seems to be enjoying it for the most part. But... If you're from a different country, for instance, you know, you're from Japan, Belgium, United Kingdom, Japan, wherever, and you're kind of curious about country music in America, and you're listening to this podcast trying to understand what country music actually is over here, understand it, thank you for joining, and I hope I'm doing a really decent job of painting the picture for you like Johnny Horton does, but if not, please leave me an email and suggest anything that you need, any uh, suggestions. I actually will be posting up a Q&A here for too long. I'm going to probably do that for the 20th episode. That's going to be my uh, like my anniversary episode. I'm going to be like, yay, I've been doing it for 20 episodes, so you guys can ask me any questions you would like, and I'm going to do my best to answer them. And if the questions are really good, they really do a great job, I might actually sit there and be like, okay, I'm going to make this question a whole entire episode. So if you go for the deep subjects, you may not get it in the Q&A. But I will touch on it maybe a little bit. So thank you guys for listening. I really do appreciate your attention. I know that you spend 30 minutes of your day, 40 minutes of your day, every day with me. Or not every day, you know, one day a week, two days a week, whatever schedule that you are on. And I really do appreciate every single one of you. Again, Instagram of the Steel Guitar Pod. It's got the link tree on there. Link tree has essentially the podcast on every platform. It's got the merch, which I'm still waiting on my uh, samples to come through. So I will let you guys know the quality of them. But from what I've seen of everybody that's ever used them, they do such a great job. On top of that, I have the playlist of the country classics on there. Spotify playlist, it is attached. Make sure you give that a like on Spotify. That way you can uh, essentially sit there and be like, Alright, so as we're going through the series, I can add these songs and you guys can listen to them and make your own assumptions and evaluations of it. So, thank you guys so much. I appreciate every single one of you. Please, leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever. Let me know how I'm doing. Email me. And I will see you guys in the future. I hope you have a wonderful day. And keep country music alive, baby. Audio.